you for joining us today on the Four Construction Pros podcast. My name is Jessica Lombardo and I am editor-in-chief of Asphalt Contractor Magazine. I'm here today with Tim Sylvester, who is the founder and president of Integrated Roadways. How are you, Tim? I'm doing great, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for joining us. So why don't you start, Tim, by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you kind of got started with Integrated Roadways. Absolutely. So um, I I have about uh, 20 years of experience in construction. Um, I'm an electrical and computer engineer by education. And I grew up in, I've always been a, a technology nerd, um, but I grew up in rural Missouri. And in the, in the mid 90s, there just weren't any tech jobs in rural Missouri. So I went into construction and I realized that there was a convergence that was going to happen between road networks and technology networks in order to support connected electric and autonomous vehicles. Um, My experience with technology showed me that the tech companies were not, uh, they didn't understand the need, so they couldn't really tackle it. Um, And my experience with construction uh, helped me to understand that traditional contractors um, didn't really have the ability to drive the kind of change in the market that needed to happen uh, for the means and method of road construction to evolve to support connected electric and autonomous vehicles. So you had a few buzzwords that you mentioned there, electric. Um, autonomous vehicles and smart roadways. So really what is integrated roadways and how is your company working to create smarter pavements and why is that really important? Mm -hmm. So uh, our main product is called Smart Pavement. It's a prefab paving system with built-in sensors and communication capabilities. And it transforms the road into a network that delivers a variety of services. Those include communications uh, for your smartphone or uh, most vehicles have a 4G uh, link now, new vehicles. Um, So communications capabilities, but then also wireless electric vehicle charging for electric vehicles. You don't actually have to plug in an electric vehicle. You can charge it as you drive if the systems are built into the road. And then finally navigation for autonomous vehicles. Right now the idea is that if you cram $100,000 worth of of sensors plus hundreds of millions of dollars worth of code into a car, suddenly it's going to drive itself. But we know that's not accurate. Computers need the internet, smartphones need cellular networks and Wi-Fi, and smarter vehicles require smarter roads. So we need to upgrade those roads to become digital networks to support them. And that's what we do. And so what type of data are these smart pavements kind of collecting and why is this beneficial beneficial to the future of our infrastructure? Well, so the first thing that we do is collect extremely high resolution traffic data. That is uh, very beneficial for public owners, for city planners, um, transportation engineering firms that do traffic studies, uh, contractors that need better information for uh, you know, their design and delivery or even project planning. So you have all of the traditional consumers of traffic data, but we also have to think about what traffic data means to the community that it reflects. If you look at online businesses, they are totally reliant on knowing about internet traffic to improve their services. 
And yet a, a business proprietor will spend millions of dollars opening a new restaurant and they know absolutely nothing about any of the traffic in the area. Right. And it's so expensive to collect using traditional methods. But honestly, the, the kind of data that you get stands to be improved. So what we do is we build the traffic collection systems into the road from the beginning so that the owner and, and any of the other traditional uh, buyers have access to the entire history of the road anytime they want to look. And then we also commercialize that to new users in the market that have a need that's not currently met with the existing forms of traffic data collection. Great. So we've talked a lot, Tim, about, you know, what these smart pavements are and the data they can, can collect, but our listeners are mainly construction contractors. So this is obviously going to mean something much bigger for them and how they are used to building a roadway. So how are they going to have to kind of change their construction processes for these prefabricated kind of pavements? Well, there is a change. It's not a huge change. So we're using a precast concrete method uh, that has been used for almost 100 years now. Um, we uh, were following the lead of the Federal Highway Administration and USDOT under the Highways for Life program, promoting the use of precast. Yep. So up until the point where you begin to lay the pavement, the techniques are essentially identical. And then when it comes to the placement of the pavement, um, instead of placing material, you're placing a finished product. It's a precast slab, comes on the back of a truck, and you take them off in sequence and then just assemble them in place. It's uh, very much like a Lego set, and we provide <laughs> construction manuals that are like Lego sets. And it's just, you know, place this piece here and this piece here and connect them together. Um, the connection method is very straightforward. Uh, we use a... Uh, a dowel technique that was piloted by the state of California that we've improved upon. And then, you know, it's prefab, so you can't really contour it to the job site, which means we have a leveling system that allows you to make uh, adjustments to each corner of the pavement so that it matches the surrounding pavement, whether it's existing or new. And about how long is each prefabricated slab and how many data sensors are in each one? Mm-hmm. So uh, the standard design is one lane width by about that length, but we okay. adjust it so that it can fit on a truck because we don't need a bunch of wide loads going everywhere, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so generally you're talking about say 10 feet uh, long by 12 feet wide. And an average slab is going to have anywhere from eight to 16 sensors in it. Uh, you can think of those sensors like, you know, the touch element for a touch screen, whether it's your phone or a tablet or something. We do expect the sensor density will increase over time, but for the kind of applications that we're building now, 8 to 16 vehicle position sensors is an extremely good data source. Excellent. So obviously there's costs associated with these sensors. They are going to provide a lot of data, but you're also saying that these pavements are going to last longer. So what type of projects are going to be best suited for these prefab type of concrete slabs with the data sensors? 
Right now, we are taking lessons from Caltrans that prioritizes the use of precast in extremely high traffic environments. Mm -hmm. Mostly, these are going to be intersections and ramp systems, which out of necessity carry about twice as much traffic as either of the surrounding roads. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also take lessons from New York and Ontario for like lane replacements in high density environments. But at the moment, what we're focused on, because of the traffic demands and the business value, we're doing intersections in urban areas. They are, you know, constantly needing resurfacing because of the traffic levels. Mm -hmm. And it's just an ideal location to not only show off the, uh, the construction speed, the durability, but also all the technological capabilities that we bring to so talk to me a little bit about these pilot projects that, that are already out there and how is how are they received and how are they kind of using this data already? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so we did our first pilot for smart pavement in Denver, Colorado in 2018. And um, it has been uh, up and running ever since. That is where we build the software that we're going to be using for other locations. Um, I, I know it's kind of a new idea to have software running your pavement, but, you know, that's the world we live in. Yeah. And uh, so the next set of projects that we're doing is what's called the Smart Infrastructure Showcase at Lenexa City Center. Uh, Lenexa is a city in Kansas that's a suburb of uh, Kansas City. And what we're doing there is upgrading five of their high traffic intersections with our smart pavement technology um, and basically building a box around their highest traffic area so that we can not only see the traffic movements in the intersection, but between the intersections as as people are moving around this area. And that's the kind of model uh, that we anticipate following for the near future where we you know, we plant seeds at intersections and then grow between them with wireless charging and autonomous navigation so that we create loops, you know, upgraded routes in dense urban areas where um, transit can deploy autonomous shuttles, where electric vehicle drivers can get a charge, and really just focusing on maximizing the benefit that we can deliver to the community that we're improving. That's so interesting. And I know this is the future of our roadways, but talk to me again about what this really is going to mean for the contractors and these sensors, do they, how long are they expected to last? Is there kind of maintenance involved with these sensors and, you know, different climates have different challenges. So what are they expected to do in the colder weather climates? Mm -hmm. So we're using a fiber optic sensing method Uh, that has been developed for foundations, bridges, dams. It's used on a lot of research projects for bridges, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is a multi-decade history of these sensor methods surviving the harshest environments. They're often used in oil and gas pipelines in remote locations, uh, which means things like the Dakotas or other areas where you can't have physical inspection. Mm -hmm. And you've got to have that survivability. Now, what it, well, let me just say that we expect the sensors to survive uh, the same uh, amount of time as the pavement itself. In fact, the pavement is expected to break before the sensors do. They're passive fiber optic, you know, unless you 
crack eight to 10 inches of concrete, you're probably not going to be able to damage the sensor. So it's very resilient. What it means for the contractor is a new approach to procurement and delivery. You know, contractors have become accustomed to a uh, low bid open letting and everybody's just constantly competing on price. Well, we have a new approach. These techniques are not the low cost method and they might never be. But then again, a computer is not cheaper than a pad of paper and a pen. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we buy computers instead of paper because it's so much more useful and versatile, just like our technology. So the approach that we have is to extend public-private partnership style financing um, to projects where you can have a managed lane without a toll. And the managed lane is supported through the revenues that are generated from the commercial op operation of these capabilities, right? We're selling fiber service, wireless service, um, data service, and eventually electric vehicle charging and navigation for autonomy. Those are very lucrative fields and they can more than pay for the cost of building the road. So what we're trying to do is help contractors get out of this cutthroat low bid environment and get them in a position to maximize the value they deliver where they're not getting squeezed on their margins all the time to be the cheapest up front. And you know, one thing that, that contractors have not had that the software industry enjoys is residual recurring revenue, right? Mm -hmm. You sell a piece of software and you get paid for it every month or every year. And yet our contractors are out there investing heavily in their community mm -hmm. and they get paid when it's delivered and then it's over. With the approach that we're using for private financing, the contractor can actually keep a stake in the job that they deliver and generate recurring revenue flows for the life of that project. We would like to believe that that's going to smooth out contractors' revenues and enable them to um, make larger and better investments, not only in themselves, but in the communities that they service. Very interesting stuff. And I know this is the future of our industry. It's just kind of educating them and getting them to understand what that all means. So Tim, I want to thank you for joining me today. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Um, you know, I, I guess what I'd like to say is that it changes difficult for everyone yeah. and it is normal and understandable uh, to be intimidated or feel threatened by change, especially when it comes in a market that, um, that a person's gotten intimately familiar with for decades and mm -hmm. become an expert in. And this is something that business went through in the 80s, whenever, whenever businesses got smart desks, you know, desktop computers. Yeah. Uh, and then we went through this again, you know, not but 10 or 15 years ago with smartphones taking over the market. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I know that it's in a, that it's in a, that it is an adjustment, but it's an adjustment that we have to make because vehicles are evolving. They're not going to stop changing and we can't stop them, nor should we. Right. Our cities are changing. We have so much traffic and congestion. The idea that we can take down a major route for a mill and overlay every three to five years, maybe seven if you're lucky, it just doesn't work anymore. We have to adapt our methods to match the new needs for our society. And honestly, it's going to go slowly, right? This is not an overnight change. We're not going to wake up and all the roads are different. Okay. So even if someone is concerned about the risks to their business uh, that this new technology presents, 
they have decades to adapt. And the winners are going to be the ones that put on a brave face and adapt faster so that they can get the benefits early. So I guess what I'm saying is I know it's new and it can be scary, but don't wait. Get into it now and get comfortable now so that you can lead the market and help your community improve for the future. Great. Well, thank you again, Tim, for joining us. And if you want more information, you can check out the Integrated Roadways webpage. Thank you so much, Jessica. It was great talking to you. Have a great day.